Welcome to the Silver Screen Podcast. I'm Jared Boomer. And I'm Katie Ganey-West. This is a podcast about movies and pop culture. And today we're reviewing the latest Marvel movie, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, the sequel to Black Panther. Of course, Chadwick Boseman has unfortunately passed away, the lead star. So how did they handle the sequel and the continuation of the Black Panther story? We will talk about that here on today's episode. Obviously, one of the as we get your towards the end of the year this is one of the more anticipated movies that was left on the calendar so um a lot of people very interested in this one yes i i also think everyone we might have a rare occasion where jared and i differ on a film i think we are going to disagree a little bit so oh jared before before we get into it i did want to tell you I talked to my brother about the Daniel Radcliffe episode. Okay. Um, I saw, <laughs> that's what I'm now calling the Daniel Radcliffe episode. Um, Cause he was like, oh yeah, I don't understand what was funny. Cause he hadn't listened to it. And okay. I was like, well, just know that if you choose to listen to this and he is flying back to Spain now where he is currently residing. And I was so excited to see him and he is flying back today. In fact, and he even said he's going to catch up on this okay. podcast. So I'm glad I warned him. And I was like, Sean, I just want to clarify. I don't think you're attractive. You're fine, <laughs> but as a human, but you're not, you know, let's uh, not make it weird. Yeah. Anyway, he just said, you're weird, Katie. And then left. Classic, but. classic Sean comment. So. <laughs> we still, we still love each other. And he came to see my play and said it was very good. <laughs> <laughs> and he has been a, a guest on this podcast before, so he has twice, twice, yeah, Big Lebowski twice. and the new Matrix and, movie, which I forget yep. the title of because it was Resurrection. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, uh, some news items. First up, we got to talk about Nick Cannon. Uh, Nick Cannon is currently expecting two children. With two different women, um, he, wasn't born. One was born this week. What? Yes, yeah. One was born, yeah. and then the info came out that he is also expecting another child with a separate woman, obviously than the I one can't. that just had one of his children. So he's got yeah. eleven kids right now. I think that's with what six different women, five or six different women. I don't even know. I, it's so disgusting. So many, and it it's so it is irresponsible. It's gross. What example are you setting for your kid? You know what, too? I'm not someone who's like, you have to be married. You have to do it in order. I don't care. Do what you want. It's your life. When you cannot live in a house with 11, however many kids, you're not being a father in the same way that you could be. Like, at this point, I don't know what he's doing. I guess it's not illegal, but it seems very irresponsible to me and inconsiderate and disgusting. Yeah. Yep. Um, I did stand next to Nick Cannon once. He was at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for on the, on the red carpet, I think, for the Indy 500. Um, and I was also on the red carpet as a media member. Um, so I was pretty close to him. Did not get impregnated by him. Just want to throw that out there. Um, <laughs> did not have that happen while he was in my presence. So that's good. Don't know if he wow. impregnated anybody that day at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Wouldn't put it past him, though. So Probably. <laughs> it seems like he impregnates people the minute they get together <laughs> and i think he has people on standby i'm serious i think like let's say it's lola and gina yeah he'll be like okay i'm leaving lola's house now can i come over to yours gina and he goes over there he gets her pregnant then he mm-hmm. leaves and then the next day they make an announcement that lola or gina's pregnant it's yeah. it's wild yeah. i don't get it and he's so proud of himself yeah and i'm like what example are you setting for your kids and other people yeah 
that yeah so that's a wild situation there um Gross. also jimmy kimmel is going to be hosting the oscars once again that was announced earlier this week i think kimmel is a fine oscars host would it's i a have great host would i have liked to see maybe somebody else possibly mm-hmm. just because he's done it a couple times before but he did do it the year the big fiasco happened with the best picture winner and i thought yep. he handled that situation very well um mm-hmm. he's also pretty funny he works for abc so it kind yep. of makes sense obviously you can't get ellen anymore based on what comments have come out right. about her and uh, they also people go across the street to see him after they win and stuff to yeah. me jimmy is a very safe choice he's a great choice like he he's very even keeled he has really i think done a pretty good job about political topics and stuff and health care and being outspoken about that but like shows emotion he's a really cool i think a cool human i think he's a good choice i also think you just know like if someone's gonna slap somebody physically assault somebody whatever like jimmy kimball's probably a good person to have standing by other people could be too like ricky gervais and stuff that that's that is too up in the air too wild wild west i think jimmy is a great a great option sure i'd love to see somebody else but i'm totally fine with this yeah. Yep. I think that that's a perfectly fine choice. So, and he used to do radio before he was on TV. Um, and I think that experience being somebody that is in radio, I think that experience of having to like think quickly on your feet sometimes helped him in that situation with the best picture uh, fiasco. And then, like you said, if anything were to happen, like another slap or something wild and crazy, he would be able to adapt to that very quickly and um, you know yeah. make a joke about it and and possibly move on. So, but hopefully, there's no slaps this year at the oscar that was that was wild um it's sad when the bar the bar is so low it's just hopefully there's no physical violence yeah hopefully at an award ceremony for rich white people hopefully we have no physical violence and we can read the right winners and if we can do that have a good time so you have to get two things right read the right name and don't punch somebody i don't understand yeah that's it um also we have the announcement of people's sexiest band alive for 2022 (sighs) And this year's winner is Chris Evans. Thank you for those crush alerts, Jared. You knew just what to do. I am, I'm in love. I mean, I think we all know it. I don't shy away from my love for Chris. Did you also hear he's dating somebody? Seriously. I did. Yeah. I saw Alba that. Alba Batista. Never heard of her. She is adorable slash gorgeous. She's both things. Um, actually, if you watch Crazy Stupid Love... They, she's the perfect combination of sexy and cute is what okay. she is. Um, she, I, I don't, I don't really know much about her at all, but they've been dating for a year mm, or over okay. a year. It sounds like, yeah. I mean, I'm also insanely jealous, but really I'm happy for them, but dang, it's like, it's like they heard me talk about Chris Evans on this podcast so much this year that they were like, let's just give it to him. He's sexiest man alive. What is the next, uh, movie Chris Evans is going to be in? I guess he was in the, well, he's Gray doing man. something with the rock because okay. he, uh, Stephen Colbert got to announce people's sexiest man alive last year when Paul Rudd won. Mm-hmm. And then he did it again this year and they announced it because, the Rock was on set with him and he walked over to him and interviewed him for a second. Okay. I don't even know what that movie is. I'm trying um, to find it right now. So let's see. Upcoming project. I feel like he has. Oh, he ghost ghosted. That ghosted one's got to be coming out soon. It, yeah. That's still in production right now with Ana de Armas and Adrian Brody. Um, Red one. And I he's think. not in the glass onion, right? He's not in the new. He is not. No. Red okay. one is that movie with the rock. That's supposed to come out next year. And then okay. he's also in something called Pain Hustlers, which Emily Blunt is in. Um, oh. Little Shop of Horrors, which is still in 
early pre-production there. And then something called Bermuda and untitled Gene Kelly film. So <gasps> don't know if he's going to play Gene Kelly. Um, not sure. So that's all on IMDb. So I'm deceased. <laughs> I'm so excited. We haven't heard much either about that Timothy Chalamet Wonka movie recently. I don't know what's going on with that, but you I know what? I'm still okay with chugging it. Along I'm okay with it. it. <laughs> Timmy, Timmy is promoting a film right now where he is a straight up cannibal slash serial killer. Yeah. He's got yeah. some wild movies. So congrats to Chris he Evans. Really, he picks he picks weird projects, but dang, I love him so much. The love is not dying. <laughs> Just want to say congrats to Chris Evans, Sexiest Man Alive for We're so happy for you, Chris. Can't debate we love it. You. I thought maybe Harry Styles was maybe gonna you know take it this year. Just but there's he had been a huge too much year. controversy. Yeah, that's it's, true. But it's been too much. Even if he's not involved, or even <laughs> if you know, you know what? Let's just let's. Have you heard the rumors that Florence might have kissed him? Like that they might have had a thing? Uh, no. Okay. Because be I don't up. know if that's true. I'm just saying if they kissed or flirted or anything before he got with Olivia, I could also see reason for why there would have been more of a feud. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And Florence is definitely, definitely um, texting or not. Sorry, not texting. Um, She's definitely posting more on social media about the movie The Wonder. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. she definitely didn't do any of that for Don't Worry Darling. Yeah. So I, I'm just saying, I've tried to stay away from it, but I'm still watching. I think there's still some drama there. So, yeah. Okay, on to um, our thoughts about Black Panther Wakanda Forever. We're going to rule past corrections, and we didn't really have any recommendations either uh, this week from either of us. So we're going to go right into Black Panther Wakanda Forever, released on November 11th, rated PG-13 for sequences of strong violence, action, and some language. Um, it's two hours and 41 minutes. And on IMDb, it's a 7.4 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes critics audience, or sorry, Rotten Tomatoes critics is 84%. Audience, 95%. So both groups really enjoying this movie. Domestically, it's made $181 million. Worldwide, $331 million. So it's already, it's approaching half a billion dollars. It will definitely make over a billion dollars. Um, that, will, that will happen at the rate it's going right now. So just give it a few more weeks. And the synopsis, the people of Wakanda fight to protect their home from intervening world powers as they mourn the death of King T'Challa. Uh, this movie is directed by Ryan Coogler. He's only 36 years old. Very good director. Um, he was mm-hmm. a writer and director of Fruitvale Station. That's a great movie if you haven't seen it. Um, it that movie destroyed it's me. It's depressing, but it's very well done. So um, Fruitvale Station. Then, of course, he did uh, Creed and uh he was a producer on Creed 2, but I don't think he directed Creed 2. I think he just directed the first Creed. And Michael B. Jordan is obviously directing the third Creed, which is coming out next year with him and Jonathan Majors. I got a preview for that while I was watching this movie. Um, and he, of course, directed the first Black Panther. He also produced a Judas and the Black Messiah as well. Jared, you are absolutely right. I think okay. Rotten Tomatoes said Creed 2, but on IMDb, I, I think you're right also. Um, okay. He was executive producer on Creed 2. Okay, gotcha. Um, but he was not a director of Creed okay. 2. So thank you for thank you for double-checking that. No problem. Uh, he was nominated for an Oscar when Judas and the Black Messiah was nominated for Best Picture in 2021 because he was a producer on that movie. Um, and he's also directing the upcoming TV series Scenes for Minors and a movie called Wrong Answer. So... 
Ryan Coogler, a lot of stuff happened in his career already. Again, he's only 36 years old. So we'll take a break here on the show. We'll come back, talk about our cast for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, our likes and dislikes and my movie theater experience as well, which was wild. We'll talk about that coming up right here on the Silver Screen Podcast. Okay, welcome back on the Silver Screen Podcast, talking about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. We'll head into the cast now. Um, and of course, we have Watita Wright, who plays Shuri. That's our lead in this movie. She's taking over um, the main main duties in this one. She gets the most screen time. Um, so she's theoretically the lead for this film. Thank you, Jared. Um, I think it's Letitia Wright, okay. and I also could be wrong. I know she plays Shuri. I'm actually more worried I'm going to butcher the names of the characters, characters. so <laughs> please correct me. Um, and I did put a lot of um, different either cultural backgrounds or ethnicities because I think it's fascinating, and I really like knowing that about these people, and they're very proud of their heritage, the stars of this film. And this film centers around um, Black actors, so I wanted to highlight that. Um, Letitia is a Guyanese-British actress who is best known for Black Black Panther, Sing 2, Death on the Nile. <laughs> I typed Death on the Nike. That's funny. Um, <laughs> I saw Death that. On... I was like, is that a, I mean, is that a movie I haven't seen? The people didn't need to know that, but it is funny. Uh, Death on the Nike was the B movie. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Death on the Nile, Ready Player One, and The Silent Twins. In 2018, she was nominated for an Emmy for her performance as Nish on an episode of Black Mirror. And then next up, she will star in Surrounded. Very nice. Um, I do have comments on Letitia later, but we can bring that up later. Um, cool. Yeah. Next up, we have Jared. Get that crush alert button ready. Lupita Nyong'o. <laughs> Thank you, Jared. I love her so much. She plays Nakia. She is reprising that role in this film. She is a Kenyan Mexican actress who is best known for Twelve Years a Slave, Black Panther, Star Wars Episode Seven, The Force Awakens, and Jordan Peele's Us. In 2014, she won a Best Supporting Actress Oscar for her role in Twelve Years a Slave. Next up, she will star in A Quiet Place Day One, which I already looked up, and John Krasinski is not directing it. Okay, he is. I I think he helped write it, and he might be like producing or executive producing. I know it said on IMDb based on a story by John Krasinski. Okay. Um, or an idea. I think an idea. Oh, okay. Um, and Lupita, I was just reminded of her Oscar win yesterday um, when I was working on the notes. And so sometimes when I'm sad or just need to feel good about life, I watch people I love their Oscar speeches. That's This is a real thing I mm-hmm. do. Um, I've already watched her speech many times, but I haven't watched it in a while. So I watched it and it made me tear up. So really happy for her. It was a very earnest, thoughtful speech. Way to go, Lupita. Um, anyway, I love her. That's all. Um, next up, we have Denai Guerrera. She plays Okoye. She is an American Zimbabwean actress. I think she was born in Iowa, if I remember that correctly. Can you double check that? Yeah, here? I'll look that um, up for you. Thank you, sir. She is best known for Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, The Visitor, and Avengers Endgame. Next up, she will be in a TV series that is currently noted as an untitled Wakanda project, which made me very excited. And she is from Iowa. You are correct. Isn't that crazy? I just feel like you never... I I feel like I seldom hear of people from Iowa, period. I just don't yeah. hear that a lot. Yep. Maybe not famous actors. Um, now, if you all are saying like there's a spectacular all-star cast to this film, you're right. We usually only highlight two or three. But other people that star in this film include Winston Duke, the Angela Bassett, Martin Freeman, Florence Kasumba, Tanakh Huerta, I have so much to say about him, and Dominique Thorne. So there's your cast for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. 
Um, I guess I could talk about my movie theater experience. Uh, yeah, I'm. I have to hear this. Crazy. I'm so excited. Please. So uh, I just want to throw this PSA out here. If you uh, cannot go to a movie and not act like you're watching it at your house, then don't come to the movie theater. Uh, I had these two people next to me who I think were maybe also uh, under the influence of marijuana. Uh, it seemed like they were maybe a little high before they came into the theater. Nothing against that. That's perfectly fine. No, Um, live your life. Live your life. Yeah, exactly. But the, it was a dad and a daughter. Um, and this, okay, now it got weird. (laughs) (laughs) I was fine with it up to that. Okay. Um, please continue. I'm enjoying it already. Guy was talking at full volume throughout a lot of the movie, just making comments to his daughter about the film. Hmm. Um, and you, uh, this is not a spoiler, but the beginning of the movie starts, we have our opening sequence, and then the Marvel uh, thing comes up, and it's yep. all Chadwick Boseman, um, as it yep. should be. It's There's no music. They very intentionally it w- did beautiful it choice. for dramatic effect. And this guy goes, while that's going on, what did he die of again? Just about that loud. So, and that man asked that question about four times throughout the <laughs> the movie. Um, he also commented on tons of stuff that was happening with the movie. Again, at full volume, was talking louder than the audio of the movie at some points. Um, so, you know, I can't wait to watch this again on Disney Plus when I actually can... <laughs> understand the whole script because this guy was extremely loud i almost maybe that colored your opinion of the film it might have but i don't think i don't i tried to not let it have an effect um yeah but it was a awful movie going experience i about got out uh went out and got an employee because i was just like this is ridiculous i mean (laughs) this guy was just talking the whole time and especially in like not during like big action sequences either it was like during quiet parts of the movie or emotional parts of the movie um and then I also found out just from overhearing their conversation, um, either one or both of them had not seen the first Black Panther. So what? they came into this one blind. Um, no, you can't do that. And they also got up as soon as the credits started. So obviously their first ever Marvel movie because they didn't know uh, <laughs> about the end credit scenes. But I wasn't going to remind them. Uh, so no, get out of here. You guys have ruined the movie. Yeah, they were. Wow. They were very talkative. That would be I mean, it's I mean, I get if you're going to whisper, if you're going to have maybe a conversation, um, yeah. you know, quietly, if you've got a comment to make or whatever. Um, but to just be like talking at full on regular volume during this film for a lot of the movie was, and he got up like four times, uh, he had to go get more popcorn and then Mm -hmm. get up and go to the bathroom. And then, you know, it was like, this dude was just always active throughout the entire, I don't even know how much of the movie he caught between his talking (laughs) and him getting up and down so many times. So, well, we, wow, that was, that was a ride. Thank yeah, it was. That. I mean, it's not as I. I don't know. It's up there with uh, your experience of seeing Twelve Years a Slave and people making I out. I was so. just. It's so <laughs> funny that you had this experience when I had the experience of Twelve Years a Slave. You all, Jared. Actually, I think you. I feel like you have a better memory of it than I do. But that was when the people were practically fornicating, right? And yeah, I got like yep. violently angry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
wasn't I by myself? And then I, I texted so. you. I think okay. you were. Yeah, I think this is right. Okay, so I went to go see 12 Years a Slave. And Jared and I have been very good friends for a very long time. And I remember texting him because we always text about movies. And 12 Years a Slave, not a positive movie. It doesn't have a great ending. It's not going to have a lot of uplifting moments. Hard it to watch. Dark. <laughs> and it's 12 Years a Slave. Like, it's obviously these are important and hard topics. These two kids, probably 16, are like basically, I'm going to say fornicating for the kids that might listen to this podcast in the theater. Like, I don't know that they were, but they were close enough to me and doing enough that I was very uncomfortable. (laughs) And I also was like, I felt like an old woman and I was probably 21 or 22 at the time. Like, I was not old. I'm not even old now, but I was definitely younger. And I felt like I was 54 and I wanted to be like, where are your parents? I'm calling your parents. And I was so angry, too, because I was like, not only are you disgusting and this theater is germ like like there's germs everywhere. But also, I just thought, like, this is a very sensitive topic. We're watching like this movie and you're being so disrespectful. You're like, now's the um, time to anyway. get it on. Yeah, that turns me on. Nothing turns me on like seeing about colonialism and enslaved people. Absolutely. Yeah. I really hope nobody ever uses that as a soundbite. I just realized that's exactly the kind of thing somebody would splice and be like, Katie is racist. Anyway, um, (laughs) yes. But the movie, I will say that movie's excellent. If Mm -hmm. you have not watched that, the acting performances are astounding. They're so good. The movie's wonderful. Um, I can't watch it frequently though it's a real downer but those kids were disgusting um i don't know where they are now they might have four kids at this point not really one of them's probably related to nick cannon so what (laughs) but it is funny that you had your weird experience and lupita nyong'o was in this movie yeah she was in yeah yeah um well connections it's all connections. connections i will say um i thought maybe going on monday i would avoid the opening weekend crowd um that can sometimes be crazy but i i will counter that with saying i went to the opening night showing of spider-man no way home Uh and everybody was fantastic nobody made any noise it was a pack every seat was sold in that theater but nobody made any noise it was quiet um everybody was just enjoying the movie people clapped when there was like exciting moments and like obviously Mm -hmm. the reveal of the three spider-men that people were like oh my gosh that's like just really engaged with it so that was really cool i might have to just start going to opening night for marvel movies again uh to just get the people that actually want to watch the movie there Yeah, our theater wasn't bad. Some people were pretty talkative, but I would say it was the first hour. There was a lot of getting up and getting more popcorn, mm-hmm. going to the bathroom, whatever. But people settled in and it, for the most part, they were respectful. People were definitely moved, visibly moved by the end. So and speaking of, I would probably say from this point on, you know, the drill, everyone. It's a Marvel movie, but there will be spoilers probably from this point on. So yeah, please leave. But make sure you come back. If you don't want to hear the spoilers, but make sure yeah. you come back and watch the first Black Panther before you watch. Please the second watch one. the first one. It's great. Please. It's on Disney Plus. Um, wow. I wanted to tell these people like, hey, you could have gone home, spent eight bucks for a Disney Plus subscription for the month and it watched the first there. one. And just, yeah, just, you know, got some microwave popcorn and had a much cheaper afternoon. So, yeah. Um, okay, on to our likes and dislikes. I think we are going to disagree on this movie a little bit. Um, Great. Can't you, wait. I love it. That so seldom happens. It's kind of exciting. You really enjoyed the villain. Um, I Loved. did not enjoy the villain in this movie. Um, but first, before I talk about why I didn't like it, 
to like mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you talk about why you did like his performance? Okay. Also, I forgot to put a note in here that you just made me think of. There was one aspect of the villain I didn't like. Okay. But um, the villain, mainly what I loved about the villain, the actor was great. I thought he was the, to me, um, and it's played by Tanakh Huerta. Huerta. Um, I have never seen him in anything. He does have um, some film credits, but I have not seen him in anything here before. So he kind of came out of nowhere. And I love when someone like that just shocks you. And especially as a villain, because I think it's easy to cross into like, being um snidely whiplash or something and i didn't think he was like that so i i really liked his portrayal to me he seemed truly creepy like almost you know serial killers they don't have they don't show empathy or anything and they Mm -hmm. kind of have dead eyes i thought that he was really good at playing that um where i was scared of him and i felt like really the entire movie until the very end when his life was threatened i felt like he did not show any remorse for anything he'd done and i think that made him like a good villain um I liked the heritage. Like, I thought that was really interesting. Although I hear some people are dogging on something to do with indigenous people, but I don't really know the connection there. Okay. Um, but I guess when we get to dislikes or if you tell me what you didn't like, I can tell you the the few things I maybe would have changed about the character, but it's more physical. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess we can just bring that up now. So my dislike was okay. I thought he was not that menacing as a villain actually um i thought killmonger was a much more like i was really more scared of him than i was of this particular villain um i thought his performance was okay but i just didn't think it was i wasn't scared by him at all um and then i thought just some of his like motivations were kind of odd as well um and i wanted there was parts where it was like too much backstory but then there was other parts where there was like not enough backstory so i just felt like it wasn't fully developed and i just didn't really love the performance and i also thought this is a separate thing but i thought the cgi with especially since he was involved in did not look very good um at all like when he's jumping on the the planes or whatever and there was another part where i just thought it was very bad that's not on him obviously that's just on yeah uh you know, visual effects artist, but I just thought the CGI for some of his parts didn't look great, but I just was not, I did not think he was a like fantastic villain. I thought Christian Bale in the Thor movie actually was a oh my better villain so than, good. than this guy was. Um, and I just didn't, didn't feel like he lived up to the, you know, to the standard. So I would agree with you that Killmonger is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, also very attractive. <laughs> Hello, Michael B. Um, but <laughs> I, I thought that he was terrifying. I thought everybody of that, um, I don't know if tribe is the right word, but that whatever they are, the people as a group, they were terrifying to me because anything that can just suck you into water freaks me out. Um, People that have like superhuman strength or are super fast or like basically you cannot defeat them. That really freaks me out. Um, And then, so I, I thought he was menacing. And then I also, it seemed to me like he just did not, I was freaked out that he didn't seem to care about anyone or killing anyone. I don't know. Um, The two things I didn't like, I know I said it was one, but it's like two physical things. The ear thing, I felt like the pointy ears, the pointy elf ears. Yeah, it was kind of odd. The wings. I, I thought those were, I thought that was a weird combination. And I also don't think of elf ears as menacing, like an evil trait. And like his um, winged feet. Yeah, that was kind of. Yeah. yeah. So the winged feet, the reason that bothered me was he somebody 
in the movie, like somebody says something like, I've never seen anything like that. And I was like, uh, I have, it's called the character of Hermes <laughs> in Hercules. Like that's, but that's like a character in mythology. Mm-hmm. Like that's not an original thought at all. Um, so I was kind of bothered that people were like, oh my gosh, what a genius idea. Um, and I was like, but it's not, <laughs> it's not original. Okay. But um, yeah, there is one part though, where uh, Shuri breaks his like wing bone or wing off. I almost threw up. Like that, it sounded and looked so terrible, so disgusting. Um, also, yeah, Jared said that there was a woman um, in the theater <laughs> that when Michael B. Jordan showed it's up, the same way he was talking the up, whole time. Yeah, yeah, he said, "Oh, she said, oh, there's my baby daddy." Kudos to her, good job, you. But she um, hadn't seen the first one. I was almost gonna be like, yeah, he's in the first one for the whole movie." Yeah, if you're like, <laughs> if he's your baby's father, like maybe you should support his films. I know I would. But anyway, so, okay, so we disagree on this. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I like that we yeah. disagree. I'm going to stick to my thing. If anybody okay. has any thoughts out there, let us know what you think about Namor as a villain. Um, I will agree with you on this point. Uh, yes. Angela Bassett gives a fantastic oh. performance in this movie. She she could get nominated for an Oscar, yeah. I think. Yeah, yep, yeah. That's you heard it here first, everyone. It's November 15th. We always have to get these things on the record. If Jared and I are right, we have to note it. That scene where she's, you know, just like yelling and is basically yes. just like, I've tried to do everything that I can do and all of this yeah. has happened. Um, I thought that was a just incredible acting performance yes. in that particular scene. So, And I know I spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about pretty people, but we are talking about movie stars. So, of course, they're pretty people. But I truly think Angela Bassett might be one of the most beautiful humans I've ever seen, period. And I feel like she looks the same as she did 20 years ago. Like, literally yeah. the same. Like, hasn't aged a single day. Um, It's wild. Stunning, stunning woman. Fantastic performance. So I'm glad we agree on that. Um, also, cinematography was pretty good for this movie. Um, obviously, that's kind of a staple of any Ryan Coogler movie. Um, especially if you watch, like, the first Creed movie. Uh, the mm-hmm. f- like fight sequences in that are just incredible. And the first Black Panther has some really cool action sequences as well um like that subway sequence um oh yeah and like the car chase there's another car chase in this one um that i thought was really cool i don't know if that's going to become like a staple in black panther movies everyone has a car chase but that's kind of a, a neat thing to have that in this one as well when there was a big one in the first one so um but yeah cinematography was good in this movie Yes, I to me, I think what really blew my mind, um, because Marvel movies, I mean, to me, it's like, yeah, the characters are cool. I liked the plot of this one, Um, you know, and they're all interwoven and stuff. But I just thought the production value of this film and the cinematography and all of it wrapped up together was stunning. And this is kind of a separate like, but I had put this in here. I think the opening sequence was one of my favorites in recent history, like in probably the last 10 years. And by opening sequence, what I mean is not when Shuri is crying and trying to save her brother. Again, Mm -hmm. we said spoilers were coming. So here you go. I mean, the funeral scene, the funeral scene. We saw some of it during the previews leading up to the film um, where everybody's wearing white and they're dancing and they're in a lot of like almost tribal or African looking where it is gorgeous Um, But the dancing, the singing, the emotion you could see from the actors and the extras was astounding. I loved the opening sequence. And I thought a lot of the movie really like stayed consistent with how visually stunning it was. And I love I think what I like because I like Black Panther a lot better than a lot of Marvel. Um, 
I like that there is so much, it seems like African culture or themes. I like that it's not all white people, that it's almost exclusively black people. Um, I like the music a lot better than a lot of the other movies. Like I'm just really into the whole style of Wakanda and Black Panther. Um, another like for this movie that kind of goes along with that is the costumes. Obviously, the costumes in the first Black Panther movie are incredible. Costumes here are really great, too. Um, yeah. And each little uh, tribe or group, if you will, has their own separate costumes that they wear. Like Winston Duke's character and his um, group, they have different costumes. And then Angela Bassett, mm-hmm. obviously wearing something different with Peter Nyong'o. Um, all of them have different styles and looks. Um, and when it all comes together, especially during like the final sequence, um, it looks really cool. Yes. Agreed. Um, to me, the, the jewelry, the hairstyles and the headpieces, everything people wore, um, like even when Letitia during the funeral, I kept thinking that those bones or the tusks, it looks like tusks, that those were earrings. And it actually was like a headpiece. And if you looked at it, it went behind her ear and came down because I bet that would be super heavy on your earlobes anyway. Um, but just the design of all the costumes, the makeup, the hair, the headpieces, just exquisite. Um, so another like, and again, this is a spoiler, which we already said, but, um, you know, they didn't show Chadwick Boseman until the end of the film. I figured he was going to show up somewhere, um, either in like, maybe I'm glad. Okay. So what I want to say with the, the Chadwick Boseman thing is I'm glad they did not try to like CGI recreate him. Um, oh I my think gosh, yes. they've done that for certain movies and I think that would look very tacky and would yep. look kind of dumb. So Couldn't I'm glad agree more. that in the beginning during the Marvel sequence, the, the title card or whatever, um, they just showed clips of him from the first one uh, and mm-hmm. some of the Avengers movies. Um, and then at the end here, you see like uh, clips of him as well um, and flashbacks. And again, there's like no music. Um, they, I thought they did a good job of addressing it. They have to address it, obviously, that he's passed away and he was the lead star. And they do that at the begin- very beginning of the movie. And then the movie kind of goes and does its thing. And then they come back to it uh, at the very end. So, I thought it was just the most beautiful way to honor him and show him. I thought it was very clever. And I don't think Ryan Coogler did this in any way for like money or anything. I'm just saying I thought it was so clever, specifically waiting until the end to show Chadwick Boseman, because Mm -hmm. I also think that was that ripped me apart. I mean, that's when the tears were flowing, Um, but it was just beautiful how they did it. And I think not everybody like experiences these these movie montages and stuff in life. But I do think that a lot of the time we capture moments with people, significant things that happen or if we have a loved one and they die. um, Part of like processing this is like you have these moments you just remember with them that were significant to you for whatever reason. So when movies do that, I don't actually think it's that weird. I think that's kind of realistic. We just don't see it with beautiful music and not everybody looks perfect. And Mm -hmm. you know, our minds, sometimes we can get distracted even though we're trying to focus on one topic. But I thought the way they did that was so beautiful. And I think the movie as a whole, I think partly because um, it says a lot about Chadwick I think that they honored him in a beautiful way and really showed tackled grief beautifully. I don't I don't really know a better way to say that, but I think you can tell that Chadwick left an indelible mark on these people um, and that they wanted to honor him, but also like continue on the story. I think they did a really good job with that myself. 
Yeah, I think the the end or mid credit scene there with Shuri, where she's just kind of sitting there um, and is just crying. Um, you can tell that that's like, you know, she's feeling that emotion uh, for real. You know, everybody on this movie said yes. it was very emotional to work on. But I thought that was a the very cool mid credit sequence where she's just kind of reminiscing on his life. And there's not even really much said in that scene that is in that in mid credits there. Um but I thought that that was really, really well done in terms of like, like you said, honoring him. It's a very tough thing to do when your movie loses. It's when, you know, the the person the movie is named after the lead character, T'Challa, Black Panther, uh, passes away. It's going to be hard to to move on past that. But I thought they did a good job in this in this movie. So, yes. Um, do you have any other likes before we move on to dislikes? I just wanted to say that I thought about this movie a lot since I saw it. And to me, I really had a I had a pretty low bar. I thought kind of like what you were saying, Jared, could have gone wrong. I was worried they were going to do something tacky with Chadwick's Chadwick's memory. Um, also, sequels just are so I think sequels usually are very bad. I just expect mm-hmm. them to be bad. To me, this was a very good sequel. I thought it continued on the story. I understood what was going on. And my favorite. Well, one of my favorite things uh, I forgot to mention this, unlike other Marvel movies, you should have watched the first one to see this one, but you didn't have to see every Marvel TV show, every Marvel everything to understand the story. And that that's what I want. As someone who likes Marvel but is not obsessed with Marvel, I I can definitely watch a first part movie. That's fine. You can expect that of me as a director or whatever. But I love that this movie was like, this was fully in the world of Wakanda and that's all you needed to know. And that made gave it pretty high mm-hmm. marks for me. Yeah, I'm a big proponent of, as we've mentioned before, of keeping the Marvel TV shows on Disney Plus and the Marvel movies separate. Um, and if you want to incorporate things from the TV show that are maybe Easter eggs or aren't overarching plot lines, then that's perfectly fine. Um, but when you do something like Doctor Strange, where you have to have seen WandaVision before that really mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense, I feel like yeah, that's going that. too far uh, with the with the crossover um, there. Yes. So, okay, um, on to dislikes now. I have a couple. Um, first thing okay. is I do disagree with you on on this sequence. There's a scene where Namor is showing Shuri around this city. Um, I just felt like at this point in the movie, we kind of grinded to a halt there for like 15 minutes um, where he is explaining his backstory. And then like she comes into the city and they're showing her everything. And, you know, as a viewer, I didn't really care much about that area nothing really happens in that area once she breaks out of it um and i just Mm -hmm. felt like that could have been 10 minutes that we could have cut of them going around this city while it looked kind of cool it wasn't really advancing the story at all okay yeah wait this is your dislike no i did not like that yeah no i didn't like that scene that's what i'm saying i agree with you on that oh i'm sorry i thought you were (laughs) no we both agreed on that jared i didn't like yeah yeah i i I think because I really debated about that, actually, Uh because I thought to me overall, I immediately thought that movie was too long. But I also expect that of Marvel. So at some point, I just kind of don't care. I'm just like, yeah, this is going to be long, whatever. Buckle up. But I didn't that scene in particular. I thought if I cut anything, I immediately thought of that scene. I didn't have to think of like replay most of the scenes. I immediately was like, that's the scene I'd cut because it's cool to see his underground city, whatever. And I think you could have even shown it. We didn't need nine or 10 minutes of this music and floating through the water 
and seeing this village and Shuri changed her outfit so that yeah. she would look more like a princess there. We don't need that. What? Cause it, for, that also led me down a path of wondering if she was going to like fall in love with him. Like I thought it was going to be some weird like love story where they were going to fall in love, but they couldn't be together because they're ni- like enemies. I wasn't sure. So I just felt like that was kind of misleading and a waste of time. So that was the only scene that I was like, yeah, we definitely, definitely didn't need that. And then a second dislike is I did think the movie was too long. Yeah, I will agree with you. And I think the movie was also too long. Uh, two hours yeah. and 40 minutes is is really long. Um, yeah. And another dislike that kind of moves into that or goes along with that is I thought there was a lot of plot lines here, but I thought like they didn't really connect very well. Um, and oh. they kind of just um, some could maybe have gone we could have gone without certain things like the whole martin freeman plot line was kind of a separate thing but that never really connects over to the you know plot line with shuri and namor um those things never match up really i mean martin freeman's obviously aware of what's going on but it seems like that might be something set up for the next movie which is fine but i just felt like we maybe could have gotten rid of that or that could have been its own separate thing like with the vibranium and um, you know, uh, Angela Bassett's character going to court and mm-hmm. like testifying and all that, like that could have been mm-hmm. explored more. And then another part could have been the the thing with Shuri and Namor that could have been like another movie, possibly. Um, I just felt like yeah. there was kind of a, a f- too many plot lines going on, but nothing was really there wasn't a ton of story involved in in a lot of them. Um, I also would have liked to see Black Panther character earlier in the movie. I understand mm-hmm. why they waited, but I thought it would have been cool if maybe we'd gotten that maybe halfway through the movie instead of like three fourths of the way through the movie. Um, I know they had to transition that character and obviously the character of Shuri, she becomes Black Panther. Um, so I understand why they waited, but I would have liked maybe that to happen just a little bit earlier in the movie um, since it is called Black Panther Wakanda forever. Um, and then I also, let's see, I did not like the ending of the movie. I didn't like, I didn't like the truce between the two sides. I thought that was like a lazy cop out after this final battle. Ooh, ooh, I definitely disagree on that. Okay. One. Okay. Why do you, why this did you, fun. why did you like the truce or, you know, we're going to, we're going to just me, stop fighting and agree to me. I think, well, I can I say about Martin Freeman first? Yeah, yep. I love Martin Freeman, and I did want to point out to people what I like about these movies is he's the only white person we see. <laughs> like, there are just, uh, Ju- and, Julia yeah. Louis-Dreyfus was in it for a little bit. With her purple hair. With her purple hair. I didn't understand. <laughs> um, so my friend thinks that they are setting up something with Julia Louis-Dreyfus. So, but I agree with you, Jared. I really don't think we needed the Martin Freeman stuff in it. Um but he did kind of help them. Like, to me, I thought a lot of the plot stuff tied in well. Like, I understood why Namor had a bone to pick with everybody. Um, I understood that Shiri, how she was grieving. I understood that Angela Bassett was worried about her chi- her only surviving child. Like, a-, a lot of things made perfect sense to me. I understood that Martin Freeman was pulled in because he was going to help them and show his allegiance to Wakandan people. Um, anyway, so I didn't have issues with the plot, really. But I agree with you that maybe we didn't need so much of the Martin Freeman Julia Louis-Dreyfus storyline. So I liked the ending because it could be me. Oh, in Black Panther. I'm sorry. You said several things that I was like, (laughs) so part of this could be because I am not so deep in Marvel. And by that, I mean, like a lot of people are really great at like they're educated about it and they it's fresh in their minds and they watch these things over and over. And I don't. So Mm -hmm. it could just be that I'm a little too removed. 
I didn't even expect to see Black Panther. Like I went into this movie thinking that this was a movie about Wakanda and the yeah. people of Wakanda and they were grieving Chadwick's death. I didn't really think anything further than that. I just thought it's going to be cool. Let's go see it. Whatever. So I didn't really care okay. when that character showed up, if that character showed up or who took over that role. Um, and that being said, being a twin and everything and loving my brother so much, I did think it was very cool that Shuri was the one. And since I don't read the comics or anything like that, I didn't even know that was a thing that people already knew. Okay. Lastly, so I think with a lot of violence, particularly gun violence that we've heard about lately, no matter what side of the aisle you all agree on, um, people have pretty much agreed that men seem to be more of the issue for extreme violence. That is just, that is a fact. That is not me projecting. That Mm -hmm. is like, that is truth. We know that men are inherently a little bit more violent. Um, Most of the gun violence, mass shootings, everything are attributed to men, usually predominantly white men, even though there was a shooting yesterday with a black man. Um, But they have also talked about how women, we shouldn't discount them for uh, the presidency or other political offices because women will have different ways of solving problems um, just because of differences in how we handle things. So to me, it made sense that there was a truce because I thought Shuri, A, is a woman, but I also thought she was really listening to what her brother would do and what she'd been taught. And that was to show mercy rather than seek vengeance, because if she sought vengeance, she'd be like Killmonger. She'd be no better than any of these other horribly violent, evil people. So I actually thought that ending made sense. And I liked that there was a truce and it made sense for me with her character. Okay. Sorry if that was too much. Um, no, I think that makes sense. So, um, only other dislike was I felt like the Ironheart character, the Riri, Riri Williams character, was kind of unnecessary in this movie. I felt like they used her to get the information about the like vibranium detector thing. And then after that, they still like take her back to Wakanda and everything. I felt like we didn't need to continue that storyline really. We could have just, they could have showed up to her at the university there and talked to her and gotten that discussion. But then she has, you know, she becomes a big part of this movie. And I just felt like some of those scenes maybe could have been cut to for some, for some time as well. Um, that was just my thoughts. That's, so that's a good point. We haven't even brought her up. I feel really bad. No. I mean, I mentioned her. Um, so you, sorry, you were saying, did you say that she is going to show up later, or we don't know if she's? I don't show know up if later? she's going to show up later. It seems like they're setting that up, but it seemed like that could have been. Yeah. A- oh wait, no, I think Arjun or my friend Brandon. Okay. Somebody told me that she's. I think it was Brandon that she's getting her own series. Okay, gotcha. So that's why she's in there. I mean, that makes yeah. sense. So um, yeah. And I could be wrong, but he's usually right about these things. Um, no, that makes but sense. But I, okay, I liked her character. I thought she was fine. I would agree with you. She, I thought her character was like adorable and funny. I think she was mainly there for comedic relief. And I did like that she was like a female scientist and really cool. I like, that's just another thing in general I like about Wakanda. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me that Black Panther is like a man, but this whole country or country, continent, whatever it is, whatever it is, this world um, it reminds me a lot of Wonder Woman, where it's like it's women. It's predominantly yeah. female led and and women are so respected. And so I just thought that was neat that she was in there. But that's just definitely another huge like of the film that I forgot to mention is that I love that it's like so female led. Yeah. Yep. That is a cool, a cool thing with this movie. So, um, OK, well, I think that's all my dislikes. Uh, if we want to move that's, on to grades. Oh, I had one more. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I didn't want to. I I. We don't have to close on this. I mean, we can move on. But um, I did read some things about Letitia Wright being like anti-vax. 
Now, some of the stuff I read um, was that it was the it was the height of the pandemic, which okay. does that does influence my opinion on this. If it's the height of the pandemic and we're trying to get people vaccinated, we're trying to help people stop dying. You as a celebrity who has an enormous platform, especially someone that's part of Marvel, probably should not be spreading dangerous misinformation to people, especially if you're not a medical doctor or an immunologist. Like, I don't need to know your opinion. I didn't ask. I don't need to know, Um, especially if it's misinformation. Um, Now, I did read. I think some of it could be taken out of context because it does. However, at the same time, I would also say to her because she reposted this whole thing started because she reposted something that some moron had said about don't get vaccines. Um, I think what's bad about social media, what's dangerous about this is you shouldn't repost things if you don't know what you're reposting. So I think that's where she was in the wrong. But then it sounds like she's continued that conversation in a negative way. That's where I think it's dangerous. So anyway, I don't love it, but I can't ding the movie for it. But I did want to mention it because I know people who love the Marvel Universe and stuff, you know about that and you know about the controversies and things surrounding it. Um, I think she's quite religious. Um, I too am religious, but I think vaccines are great. Um, And I just think people really need to be careful when they have that kind of platform about what they share Mm -hmm. and how they share it. Um, And also, if you don't have a degree in it, like I'm not going to be teaching, um, I don't know, quadratic equations. I don't understand them. Like I'm not educated in that. So it's none of my business. I don't need to be sharing it. So anyway, that was kind of disappointing, but I will not remove points from the movie for that. Okay. Are we ready now to uh, give our grades? Yes. And I think you're first. Okay. Are you first? I think so. I think you're first. Um, I'm going to give Black Panther Wakanda forever a, let's see here. I'm going to give it a 71 out of 100. I, wow. I thought you'd do 76. That's so funny in my brain that I, yeah. (laughs) I liked it. Obviously, I had issues with it. Um, I thought it was, you know, too long. Lots of storylines going on. Um, I thought that some of them maybe weren't necessary to advance the plot of the movie. Um, I tried to not put the people that were talking the whole time factoring into my decision making on this film, obviously. Um, But I think just, yeah, 71 out of 100 for me. I think looking back on Marvel movies, uh, I think I like Shang-Chi a little bit more than this movie. Um, I think this is better though than Thor and I forget what I gave Dr. Strange. I think it was somewhere close to this. Um, but I think this is, is a little bit better than both of those. So you did 77 on Dr. Strange. Sorry. You did 73 on Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. I did 77. Um, I am making (laughs) Yes. I'm doing a score lower than I originally thought on this movie, but I really did enjoy this movie. Um, I would say out of the ones that came out this year. Because the Spider-Man one was not this year, right? No, it was, yeah, into last sorry. year. So Okay, sorry. I don't know what year we're in. I don't know what day it is. Um, I think this is my definitely my favorite Marvel movie so far this year. Um, okay. Not Thor. Which Thor was cute? Because it's only been those three, right? Yeah. Yep. I think it's just yeah. been three. Yeah. So I, I'm giving this an 89. I didn't think it was perfect, but I really liked it. I do think what they got perfectly was tackling this conversation of grief addressing it and the way they did it i loved it so high marks for me but but not as high as the audience overall scoring it on like rotten tomatoes 
There you go. There's our thoughts on Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And you can follow the show on social media at Podcast Silver on Twitter and Instagram. Search the Silver Screen Podcast on Facebook and you'll be able to find us there. Our letterbox profiles are in the show notes. So you can click there and follow us on Letterbox if you would like. Next up, we are going to be reviewing the new movie She Said um, about the scandal involving Harvey Weinstein and the New York Times investigative reporters that researched that story and broke that story um starring of course carrie mulligan zoe kazan uh i've already seen it katie has not seen it yet so um we'll talk about that on on next week's episode i know you're excited i'm so excited it's one of the things i've been most excited about movies and i finished the book it was great so can't wait there you go on our next episode reviewing she said until next time we'd like to thank the academy